Greetings, and welcome to the Talk With History podcast. I am your host, Scott, here with my wife and historian, Jen. Hi. On this podcast, we talk about history's continuing impact on us and our personal journey through YouTube as we continue to explore, record, and share our history walks with you. This is our five-star question of the week portion. But seeing as how... It is still just you and I with five-star reviews <laughs> on our own podcast here. Two for two. I'm just going to put out a call. Folks will start hearing this once the fifth episode comes out. So if you guys want to get a question answered on this portion of the podcast in the future, please leave us a review in iTunes, and I will do my best to get your question answered on a future podcast episode. Today... We have a, a topic that everybody's heard about. Mm-hmm. This is a biggie. And if you grew up in the United States, you learned about the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Mm-hmm. On April 14th, 1865, John Wilkes Booth shot the 16th president in Ford's theater, cementing himself in American history as the notorious criminal that he was. But did you know that Abraham Lincoln was supposed to watch a different play at a different theater that night? Did John Wilkes Booth know that, or was he just lucky? Jen? I think that's what made this video so interesting, is I kind of found out that little tidbit of information probably about a week before we went to D.C., and I thought, oh, this would be a really great way to open Walk With History, and that's how we open it. We open at the Lincoln Memorial on the mall, we open with that question that he actually had tickets to the National Theater to see Aladdin that night. And John Wilkes Booth knew he was going to the National Theater and he had bought tickets to the box right beside him, knowing that that's where he was going to be that night. But as we all know, he went to Ford's Theater. So my question was, would Booth have known? Would, would things have been different if, if Booth hadn't found out that he was going to Ford's Theater. And if you watch Walk With History, I kind of explain about how he finds out. He actually goes to Ford's Theater at noon, the the day of the 14th, to get his mail. And the theater owner says to him, oh, the Lincolns have RSVP'd for tonight's play, Our American Cousin, because it was a comedy. And Mrs. Lincoln wanted um, her husband to to laugh and because yeah, this was only a week after yeah one week after the end of the Civil War the end of the Civil War and one of the things that you did a good job in the video of was was emphasizing how famous John Wilkes Booth was yes. and comparing him to famous actors of today he'd be like a Brad Pitt or Denzel Washington yeah. like a list a list Tom Cruise a list like to that extreme of an A-list actor where you would see them walk in and you wouldn't even question their access because they're just that high up on the echelon, right? We have friends who work in the military and they've met high echelon actors because they feel like they have that kind of closeness to military members. And so that's who Booth was. He yeah, was and, and, and as a, a general, right, as a non-history mm-hmm. geek myself, 
I I just didn't know that, yes. right? I thought he was like planning and scheming and like had to sneak in and all this stuff. And he really, yeah, because of his access, he just kind of walked in because he's John Wilkes yeah. Booth. Like he had performed there like the night before, or a couple nights before, and he performed at Ford's Theater all the time. So all of the staff there, they they see him come in, are like, oh yeah, you know, hey, Mr. Booth, come on in, mm-hmm. you know. And you, like you said, it. he was collecting his mail there. Uh huh. They think nothing of it. They think he's just going to say hi to the president. When he goes into his box at Ford's Theater, they're just thinking he's going to say hi, check in. And he has that access. He's so famous. What was interesting about this video is it's like 12 locations. So it's one of our like, when it comes to locations, the most saturated. So when you think, when you wa- if you watch this video, we're going to all these different places and trying to show you how that night the conspiracy was to kill not just the president, but the vice president Johnson and secretary of state. And I say his name wrong in the video. It's Seward, but I say it's Seward the whole time. I'm a name butcher, just putting that out there. And so people have corrected me. It's spelled like Seward, (laughs) but it's pronounced Seward. So, um, so we go to all those locations because this was a conspiracy to cripple the union they wanted to take out all the top leadership at one time so that the south had its opportunity to rise again but it started out as a kidnap plot right and it started out at uh what's the what's the house mary mary surratt so john surratt her son was a was a spy for the for the confederacy and he basically helps start this whole kidnap plot and the kidnap plot was to kidnap Lincoln take him to Richmond trade him for all these confederate prisoners of war that was the whole plot before the end of the war now that the war is over it switches quickly as you can see to a assassination plot and Lincoln we show this in the video will give a very famous speech right after the surrender and Booth is at that speech now. And then he makes a comment like that'll be the last speech he ever says. And so this is another thing that happened to us is you had edited that video and you had used a snippet of that speech from the movie Lincoln right. with Daniel Day-Lewis. Right. And then you had used the picture from something else. And you said, this is the picture from that speech. Well, it, it wasn't. That speech was his inauguration speech. And the picture was something else. So people kind of caught us on that. So we were just trying to show proximity, how he had that access to the president. Yeah. And again, it's not like John Wilkes Booth had to sneak into wherever the no. president was giving yeah. speeches. He's he was a, John Wilkes Booth. Yeah. He's an A-list actor. And, and honestly, back then... People could just go attend the president's speech. They didn't have to have an invitation. Yeah. But it was that speech that just kind of like ignites the fire. He was really like a strong, strong Southern sympathizer. So that that speech ignites his fire that he'll, he said, that's the last speech the president will ever give. Like he's very on fire about that. So that's when he meets with Powell and Aserat, and he's like, we're we're killing everybody tonight. We're going to kill them. Yeah, Now, the, and these were the other co-conspirators. And again, to paint the picture for people who haven't seen the video, yeah. we we kind of, we set the scene with all the players. We do. Mm-hmm. Mary Surratt and the co-conspirators of John Wilkes Booth, right? Those are some of the most famous folks. Yeah, so John Wilkes Booth is going after Lincoln. Powell is going after Seward. And Aserat is going after Johnson. Johnson's the vice president. Seward's secretary of state. 
those are who they put in place to do the actual act. And then you have supporters, right? So there's like John Surratt, Mary Surratt, Harold, who we talk about a couple of times. Harold is with Booth when he's killed. Yeah. And then one of the things that I found interesting was kind of how coordinated this group was. Like you mm-hmm. said, all on the same night, they were going to try to... they change from kidnapping to assassination mm-hmm. but they were going to try to assassinate three different people yeah all at the same time all at the same time and all in very close proximity yeah so they try to do it at around 10 p.m because they don't want one to be done and then it sets off this you know what's going on and, and everyone gets high security around them they want everything to kind of happen at the same time right and i think you have Unfortunately, Booth is the only one who's successful, right? right? So you, we do a really great job in the video if you watch it. Powell is, I mean, he's ready to fight. He gets into Seward's house. And Seward's, Seward's, house. And Seward's house, Seward's house. Seward's house. Seward's house was actually- Right by the White House. Right next like, to the White right House. It, so yeah. we went, and that was another cool thing of what we get to do with our videos is we were there mm-hmm. standing in front of the White House, yeah. as close as you can get right now. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's pretty well fenced off. So we were standing next to some uh, kind of protester oh, yeah. spot or something Those like always. that. But I didn't realize how close- you know, he was the Secretary of State. Yeah. Um, how close it was to the White House. Yeah, he it lived was right there. Right and there. then it was two or three blocks away was the mm-hmm. hotel for the, the, Kirk, the Kirkwood House. The Kirkwood House. And that's where um, Johnson was staying. But Powell, like, he gets in that house. He's and he, he stabs him. He 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 injures eight people. He injures eight people. He kills no one. He injures four of Seward's children, and then. Like the nurse and the security guard and Seward, he stabs him in the cheek and he stabs him in the neck, and so much so that there's blood everywhere. So you would think that he did kill him, but it was with such force that he grabs him, and he's an older gentleman. Plus, he just was in a carriage accident, so he's kind of convalescing in his bed, mm. and he grabs him with such force, probably has a lot of adrenaline, that he stabs him twice in the face, kind of slips off, and then he actually ends up like pushing him off the bed. And that's what saves his life because he gets behind the bed. Yeah. And then by that time, his kids, he has two, he has sons who grab him and pull him out. And they basically like basically fight him out the house. Yeah. And then people aren't really sure where Powell goes from there because he'll show up at Mary Surratt's house a couple of days later. He shows up exactly as the investigators are there to question Mary Surratt. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't he know walks that. in too and it's like, okay. I didn't, I didn't so, remember that. So they arrest both of them. Oh, wow. This is one of my favorite videos to edit because I just kind of stumbled across. I would try to clip in mm-hmm. funny movie scenes to to kind of lighten the mood of some of these things or something that's kind of in reference to whatever we're talking about. Yes. And Aserot, he basically goes and he's supposed to try to attack the, the vice president. Vice President Johnson, who's at the Kirkwood House, which is it's like an, a first class boarding house right and and, and he ends up sitting in the hotel bar and gets just (laughs) smashed (laughs) and he he gets he gets smashed and if you've ever seen if anybody listening has ever seen old school yeah so the will ferrell movie that made him famous as frank the tank Mm -hmm. so i clip in a scene of will ferrell saying no 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 i can't drink at some college party, yeah, right, because he's part of the fraternity, and then, and, the, and then all of a sudden, like, then he starts drinking more and more, and then he's streaking down the street, and, and by so, I, so, and by himself, and yeah. so I kind of cut that in with what Astrod did because essentially that's what happened with Astrod. That's what happened with Astrod. He just kept asking questions: Where's the vice president? And is, is he in his room? Is he 
Is he going to be there all night? And so people were wondering, why does he keep asking these questions about the vice president? So he notices that he's raising suspicion. And so he wanders out of the hotel. And he's by that time, he's very intoxicated. And he wanders around and he drops a big knife in a gutter. A lady sees him do it. She she tells the police what she saw. And so then he is arrested. Again, he never even attacks the vice president, but he will be executed because he is part of the conspiracy. And Kirkwood House, which is not there anymore, but we stand at the address. That is where Johnson will be inaugurated. So I make the mistake on the video saying that he's inaugurated at the Peterson House. That's where Lincoln passes away. It's the boarding house across the street from Ford's Theater. Johnson will go there after Lincoln is shot and he will visit him, but there, but he's told to leave. And he says that he basically paces his suite at the Kirkwood house the rest of the night. And it's that next morning that he's told, cause Lincoln will pass away at seven twenty two AM that he's told that Lincoln has passed. And so he gets, he thinks it's poor taste to be inaugurated anywhere else than his location. Sure. So the justice, um, the, the Supreme Court Justice comes to the Kirkwood House and swears him in on April 15th, 1865 at the Kirkwood House. Yeah. And it, it was it was actually really cool because we did this. We were out there visiting in D.C. Mm-hmm. We were hanging out with family for a few days. Yep. Um, and we had done a bunch of, right, this, we were doing history stuff. Yeah. There's history everywhere there. Yeah. We had done the mall. We had been to Arlington partly already. And we had done some, a couple other Mount things. Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon. Mm-hmm. And so we got lucky, right? Your mom was watching the kids yeah. and we just, it took us all of like three-ish hours yeah, to we film this. We, we, you have to plan it out. We, we planned we had, it out and we were, we were moving fast. We were moving fast. We were moving fast, but you could walk it relatively easily in an afternoon or a morning. You could. And this was a really great video for, for our walk with history, just what we wanted to do with like a map. Right. Like have access to a map that coincided with our episode. So you could walk the places that we're walking because we we go to all the locations um we'll go to baptist alley which is really cool that's the alleyway behind yeah, that was really theater. and yeah and it looks the same so that's what's really cool about it it's you can imagine john wilkes booth coming out that stage door getting on yeah, the horse and, 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 riding and i'll just kind of toot my own horn here i think i do a good job <laughs> in the video of just kind of setting the scene and getting some sound effects and kind of we're standing right there yeah literally in the alley looking at the doors where john wilkes booth ran out jumped on a horse and hauled butt out of town yeah and and so i i, I do a, a decent job of kind of showing that you know and, and getting those sound effects and you really feel like oh man this is must have been what it was like yeah. It, so it's it, that was real. That was to me one of the neatest things because I, yeah. not a lot of people are going to go find Baptist Alley, mm-hmm. but everybody's going to go over to Ford's Theater and yes. do stuff like that. You'll you see can the Peterson stand House. Outside. Yeah. So you'll do but, both of those, but to walk around the back that was really neat, and to see the escape route of Booth was that was really neat. And we go to we went to Mary Surratt's house. Yep. But I think what was really cool what we did in this video is we actually go to Fort McNair. Right, where the, Which, where the conspirators were hung. Where the conspirators were hung. And not a lot of people, you have to have base access to go there. That's right. You're not allowed to just go there and see it. I mean, we had to show our IDs to even get on there. Yeah. And we had been to Fort McNair before for a wedding. Yep. And you could pump, you could see that location from the officer's club where the wedding was. But where we stood where the conspirators were hung. Yeah. And, you know, they, <laughs> they, they hung for 30 minutes. And they made a... And this is Mary Surratt, right? She's the first woman executed 
by the American U.S. government yeah, officially. And, and I was surprised when I was making the video that, I mean, there's there's pictures. Mm-hmm. There's pictures of that hanging. Hey, you can see, if you Google it, you can look up pictures of, yeah. of the, those Lincoln assassination conspirators being hung. Yeah, and um, they really hung her to try to get John, her son, because he had fled. He He claims that he was... He did not know about the assassination, which it could be plausible because, right, we said Booth made this a quick judgment. Right. We're not going to do the kidnapping. We're going to make this. So he claimed that he was just a part of the kidnapping plot, changed the assassination plot. He did not know that. He heard about it in New York. He flees to Canada. He's able to make it across the ocean to Liverpool. He's able to make it to Italy. And then as he's trying to go from Italy to Egypt, he gets caught. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And then he's brought back to America. And he's not brought back to America until I think it's 1867. So we actually had people like hunting him down mm-hmm. over there in oh, yeah. Egypt. Yeah. I mean, Lincoln was a well-loved president. Yeah. You know, and so then he goes months after his mom's been killed and it's a two-month trial and then it's just declared a mistrial. And then statute limitations run out. He he lives out his life. Yeah, he's the only conspirator to really. I mean, you have Mud, and you have other conspirators who are sent to prison. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Doctor Mud. So Doctor Mud is sent to prison, and Doctor Mud, as much as people say he, he tries to claim that he has no part of this, he's actually the one who introduces Booth and Surratt. Mm. He actually did that in December of uh, eighteen sixty three. Yeah, I didn't realize that. And or 1864. And they talk actually. about that in the movie mm-hmm. National Treasure. So he sets Booth's leg yeah. after it's broken. And then again, he tries to claim he doesn't know who he is. He did it under duress. But it comes out that he actually introduced Booth and Surratt for the first time. He actually keeps Booth's boot, I think, after he sets his leg because I think he thinks it's going to be worth some money or something. Yeah. So he's sent to prison. And it's actually President Johnson who will release him from prison two years later. So there's a, there's a very interesting story about Powell and all of this. So like I said, after everyone's hung for 30 minutes, they cut them down. They put them in wooden boxes. They put a little glass vial with each of them with their names and paper. And they bury them against the east wall of the prison. So right there at Fort McNair. Yeah. And then two years later, he's Johnson is, has allowed them to dig up the bodies and given back to their families to do with what they want. And he, Mudd is released from prison and other conspirators are released from prison. And this is, I think, another reason why John Surratt doesn't go to jail, has right. the mistrial. Yep. Because Johnson wants to heal the nation, right? So <laughs> in 1991... Powell's skull is found at the Smithsonian Museum of America of Native Americans with a group of skulls. And for some reason, they get Powell's skull with this group of skulls in 1991. And they don't even know how they have his skull. Why do they have his skull? All they can go back to is in, 19, in, in, in 1867, they allowed the bodies to be dug up yeah. and go back to their families. So what they found is that Powell's family didn't claim his body in 1867. So he was buried in some cemetery in D.C., like a pauper's right. cemetery. And it, this is this is an interesting story because sometimes when you look up Powell, it'll say Powell Payne. Yeah. You remember that? Like you, the, the last names are kind of interchangeable. So in 1885, this Army Medical Museum gets this skull with a P stenciled on it. And it says Payne. And it says a criminal executed by hanging. 
and they're able to put in place, put it back into place that this is actually Powell. This is Powell's skull. We have his skull. And so they keep it for a while and then they give it to the Smithsonian in 1898. And for some reason, it gets put in with the Native American collection. And so then in 1991, when it gets brought over to the Smithsonian in their collection, they're like, okay, so what do we do with this skull? It's definitely not Native American and we're not going to keep it. So they find this 70-year-old niece of Lewis Powell and they, they take two years to verify that she's actually his niece and they ask her <laughs> what do you want to do with the skull it's it's your family's skull and she decides to have it buried with his mother yeah. so I think it's somewhere in the south in Georgia that his skull is Man, history is such like the weirdest thing like you know what that reminds me of is um what was the movie with Matthew McConaughey uh, Savannah yeah right and so in part of that movie He's hunting down these gold medallions. Yes, right? it's Sahara. Sahara. Mm-hmm. Sahara. And his buddy starts saying, he's like, well, you know, my dad collects coins. Yeah. He's like, okay, well, what's your point? He's like, well, my, my dad collects coins from all over the world. And coins, they just end up in someone's pocket and they travel here and they travel there. And all of a sudden they end up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same thing yeah. when you have something of such historical impact and characters like that. Yeah. Here's this guy's skull his traveling skull. from place to place for decades and even the smithsonian can't so you'll you'll i read a little like they they try to think where his body is why isn't the skull with the body they have some theories but they don't know for sure exactly where the body is they think it was somebody in the pauper gravesite area who knew who he was and got kind of excited and dug up his skull that's what they think it was Now, if I remember right, one of the things you pointed out in this video was that after this assassination, that's kind of when the Secret Service really became more of a thing. Was that after this one? So it's it's a little bit after this one, but it really, I think it gets really more amped up after Garfield's assassination. Okay. So Lincoln is the first assassination, and then Garfield will be the second assassination. Okay, and all of a sudden the government's like, okay, yeah. we, we, we got to start protecting our president. So that's, it's really after Garfield. I mean, okay. and what's really funny about all this is poor Robert Todd Lincoln. That's right. Right? So we talk about this, like Robert Todd Lincoln was at the this surrender. Abraham's son. Abraham's son, his oldest son, his only surviving son. He has only one son that will survive to adulthood and live out his life. It's his oldest son. And he is at the surrender at the Appomattox Courthouse. He is with Grant when Lee surrenders. So he makes it back to D.C. He's tired. His parents ask him if he wants to go with them to Ford's Theater. He says, no, I'm tired. His younger brother takes the tickets to the other show. To Aladdin. To Aladdin. Tad, he goes to Aladdin. Robert stays home and rests. Then Lincoln's assassinated. He makes sure Tad gets home. He makes sure Tad is taken care of, guarded, and he goes to the Peterson house. Yep. And he sits with his father until he passes. Then when Garfield is president, he's made Secretary of War. Garfield has a great respect for Lincoln. Garfield was a Union general in the Civil War. He makes Robert Todd Lincoln his Secretary of War. And he is with him in the train station when he is shot by Charles Goudeau. Robert Todd Lincoln is there. And what's, what's neat about it, though, is... 
this is when the government has paid for Arlington and they get the deed. And it's actually because he's Secretary of War. It's Robert Todd Lincoln who will actually accept the deed of Arlington. And then when McKinley is assassinated in 1901, Robert Todd Lincoln is is also there. He's standing outside the front door. And so that's when the Secret Service really gets ramped up after that assassination. That's the third assassination. And he also bows out of public life after that because he gets very, as you can imagine, he's been with the three presidents that have been assassinated. Yeah, he's famous by by yeah. position and by association. Yeah, so he feels he needs, he feels somewhat, and I wouldn't say responsible, but he just feels like he's in the wrong, he's not a good luck charm. So yeah. he, he's like, I'm tired of being around yeah. So he'll he'll respectfully respectfully decline any invitation, Um, but he is there when the Lincoln Memorial is dedicated. He'll be there with Taft. Oh, cool! Taft will be the president to dedicate the Lincoln Memorial, and he'll be there for that. I didn't know that. So he probably like was like swallowing real hard that day, looking around and watching everybody. Yeah, I mean, it it really was that. I think more than some of our other videos, really. you really feel like I am walking where they walked. Yeah. Uh, I was, you really, for as kitschy as it is, we felt like we were walking with history. It was really cool. And and so that, we we film our opening from the Lincoln Memorial, yep. right? And so it's, it makes it, it glows at night, right? Because they keep all the lights on the Lincoln Memorial really bright and then they darken everything else around it. So you can really see it from everywhere on the mall. It's really like a, a statement. And we, we filmed our opening there because it's not as crowded at night too, and I could kind of stand by the statue and not have a lot of people. But when we were sitting out on the steps, there is a it is kind of engraved in the granite where Martin Luther King had stood for his I have I have a dream speech. Yep. And during the day you can see it just fine and tons of people will yeah, take it's pictures. It's a little metal plaque that's on the ground. No, it's just engraved into the marble. Oh, that's right. It's nothing there. If you so people can't see it at night. Yeah. And people would be looking and looking so I would turn on the light on my phone and just shine it for people. Remember right. I would yeah, tilt you it. Knew where it was. I know exactly what it is. So I, I would like it's right there and so people would be like, "Oh, cool." And they would take pictures, but if you didn't know it just blends in because yep. it's yep. just again, it's just engraved in And it's, it's pretty dark. It's very dark. And so we had something happen while we were there. So DC is like any big city where you can rent the scooters or the bikes. Yeah, with with the app. And yeah, yeah, they charge. And we had walked down from the Lincoln Memorial over to the water by the mall. And we were standing there and it was very, it was a great night. It was just really nice and calm. And a couple of guys had rode by us on their bikes. But like I said, it's very dark. And if you're by that area, it, there's different levels. There's a bunch of stairs and steps and yep. different levels and you don't notice them. And yeah. one of these guys just took a header into probably a piece of marble that was probably waist high. Yeah, He did not see it. And you just heard that bike. Is it like plastic? It, it, it was so loud. I actually thought, and I think a lot of people around thought like some, some sort of explosive yeah. had gone off. It crunched that bike. You could hear the plastic like crunching. Yeah. And his friends were like, whoa, dude, are you okay? And he's like, Oh man, and like he and we, it was like yeah. eight or nine o'clock at night. We almost were like going to rush over and see if it was okay. He got up, yeah, and he walked around, so he yeah. seemed okay. But it's kind of dangerous. You have to really be aware. Yeah. You definitely have to be careful. You definitely have to be careful. Um, but it 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 really was. It's probably one of my favorite videos to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just because everything was so accessible. Yes, 
and it's DC, right? So you're just kind of in that DC cloud of like, oh my gosh, look at all this history and these monuments and all these things. And we have other videos and we'll do another podcast talking about the Washington Mall. Yes. But this one was just, you've everybody's learned about the Lincoln assassination. And here you and I are walking through, down the streets next to the buildings of where it actually happened. Yeah, it's, it is like, like you said, we're walking in time, we're walking in history. And you can compare photos of then and today, which is so neat, like finding the locations, yeah. is you can compare this look like this and this look like that. And you know, basis, the, the, the basic layout of DC has not changed at all. Yep. So you can find all of those locations, which is really great. And even when you look at pictures, like when the Lincoln was assassinated, the Washington Monument was being made. It had stalled for right. about... 20 years during the war yeah. so it's like halfway built but lincoln saw the washington memorial being made like yeah. he knew that that was going to be there i'm sure he had no idea the lincoln memorial would be there but he knew the lincoln the washington memorial was going to be there so you can imagine these people you're you're in the places where these people were which is really cool again this is probably one of my favorite videos to make not only just filming but also editing I got to do some fun stuff. We talked about maps, kind of a little foreshadowing to something that we hope to do in the future, uh, maybe you know, with a Patreon page about you know our Walk With History maps. We'll see. But Abraham Lincoln had an impact on history that it cannot be understated, right? He was a star that burned just a bit brighter in a sky full of historical brilliance. And while there will always be bad actors throughout history, like John Wilkes Booth, that try to extinguish the flame of those who burned so bright, these giants of history, they generate so much interest mm -hmm. that we will not soon forget that light that they shine. For it echoes throughout history, and we walk in their footsteps every day. So thank you for listening to the Talk With History podcast, and please reach out to us at our website, talkwithhistory.com. That's talkwithhistory.com. But more importantly, if you know someone else that might enjoy this podcast, please share this with them, especially if you think that today's topic would interest a friend. Shoot them a text and tell them to look up the Talk With History podcast, or better yet, just text them a direct link to today's episode. We rely on you, our community, to grow, and we appreciate you all every day. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.